Hi everyone, welcome to Season 1 of the WoodBiz Podcast, where we discuss all things woodworking, some behind the scenes about running and growing a successful woodworking business, and plenty more. If you'd like to ask us any questions or have topics you would like to hear us chat about, please jump over to our Instagram page at the WoodBiz Podcast. And go ahead and give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us grow the podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the WoodBiz Podcast. My name is Jared from The Grain Designs and as always, here with me is Dean from Living Timberco. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How you been? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Mate, I just had to listen to our first intro, that was interesting, but uh, there you go everyone, there's an intro for you. (laughs) That's it, I'm loving it, we're stepping up in the world. (laughs) Uh, so we've got a well i think we've got a cracking show for everyone tonight so on tonight's agenda we will be discussing what's been happening in the shop as always Um, i've got a juicy topic tonight so i think this will interest most um, particularly uh, people that want to start out a business etc but pretty much everyone can you make good money making furniture so that'll be a good one to touch on Um, and as always, who we are watching slash listening to, and then some questions we've received from our listeners. So, but let's kick it off. Dino, what's been happening in the workshop? Man, um, well, there's been a few things happening. I finally got my new compressor in, so that's good. Um, that bloody old compressor finally shut itself. It's like it didn't shit itself, but it's. It, I didn't want to spend the money on fixing it up. I thought I'll just buy a brand new one. Um, meant to take two days to get in, took two weeks. So I am yeah. very, very behind. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what yeah. I, I seen, I seen that on your stories, the, um, compress, I think you, did you sell your, your old one as well? I've still got it here. I've got it up at the moment for like very, very cheap, but it just needs a new check valve and one of the copper pipes is cracked. So it's pissing out there. So, mm. um, I thought, uh, for the cost of getting all that sorted, and it's sort of a bit of a hodgepodge machine. It's gone through three hands, so it's a bit old. And I thought, man, it'll be good for someone starting up. I think I got it up for like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. Um, so, if someone's sort of starting up a shop, it's a decent sized compressor that can run like a good sized sort of wide belt sander and all your air okay. tools. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. If someone buys it, they buy it. If they don't, I'll take it to Sim Scrap Metal and, and <laughs> scrap it. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to ask you. I had I had that written in my notes for tonight was because um, I seen that air compressor and it just made me think like I don't have an air compressor. I've never had one. Um, I know general tools that you would use it for, but like what machines do you hook up your air compressor in your space? So I've got um, my big wide belt sander runs off air. So um, and the new one that we're getting, which I, I don't know when that's coming. I think that's coming next year now. Um, but the new one's 1350 wide, so it's a bit bigger than what I've got at the moment. Um, and pretty much that thing needs air or it just won't run. So it still hooks up to three-phase power, but um, the way that the whole machine runs is off air. That's what tensions the belts and all that sort of stuff. Plus, I run my Dynabraid sander off the air as well, and I've got mm. like my nail gun and a few other little air tools that I um, run. Um, when I spray, it runs off the air, so... Um, oh yeah yeah right so i suppose yeah right so i can imagine then not having that would be (laughs) a a bit of an issue for you yeah 
not being able to sand and not being able to spray is the being the two hardest bits. So I've got two weeks worth of work just like literally piled up here that is been waiting to get sanded and sprayed. So this whole week is sanding and then spraying at the end of the week. Mm. It was supposed to be this weekend, and I just didn't get through as much sanding as what I thought I would. Um, mm. Plus, I had a few minute last minute jobs. I had these massive, um, uh, what were they? Some sort of pine that came in. Some bloke had these monster pines um, that were 4.8 meters long by 900 wide. So I had to flatten them mm. and join them together into one monster table for him so oh i've seen that i did watch did watch that yeah mm, that looks huge yeah. oh it was a pain in the ass on the woodwiz too it only just like i had like maybe 20 or 30 mil on the end that it didn't hit on the woodwiz mm. so that was a little bit of a logistical nightmare trying to figure out like i had to end up like chiseling out most of that end that didn't get hit with the woodwiz and then sanding back so that it was nice and flat so then I could flip it over and it wasn't going to hit um, the um, support braces on the Woodwiz once I flipped it over. Mm. That was a bloody pain in the ass. But I got there. So that took up my whole friggin' weekend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'd, I'd almost feel sorry for you, but I have like uh, maybe an eighth of the tools that you have. So I, I don't really actually feel sorry for you. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So, would you would you recommend uh, for someone going into a fifty square meter shop, aka me, would you recommend an air compressor in the in the shop? It depends on what you're going to be doing. Like, you oil most of your stuff, don't you? Do you use your hard I do. Wax oil? Yeah, I, yeah. I normally I, I really like the hard wax oils. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing that, man, there's there's no point. Um, there's actually oh, actually, you might be interested. I'm bringing a oil in. So oh. we'll talk about that later, but yeah, yeah, I'll let you know about that. So, um, but yeah, if you're not going to be doing like polyurethane, then really no, you don't have a wide belt sander and you're not going to be able to fit one in there because that takes up friggin' six square meters. So yes. um, there's no point in doing that. And then um, if your sander is just corded sander, which you got, do you have a Merca? What have you got? What's your sander? At the moment, I, at the moment I'm just running a Makita. So that's my right, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's next on my list yeah. is um to upgrade well it's not next on my list there's <laughs> there's a few things yeah. next on the list but um it's one of the things I'll be Part getting soon is a new sander but I'm I'm undecided yeah. on on which way to go to be honest with the sanders but that's that's for a different day <laughs> yeah there's a mm. few different sanders there but we'll yeah let's we'll, we'll make that another topic eventually that'll be mm. <laughs> it's um, in my yeah, list of I topics actually uh, so yes oh, we'll definitely, definitely speak about that one soon <laughs> so i had um i had a josh taylor woodworking he actually was chatting to me today about sanders and getting some advice he's he's wondering which ones to go for so mm. um, i was chatting to him a little bit about that today so a little shout out to josh taylor he's a good dude he's just starting out like much like yourself but he's a lot fresher and he's mm. somehow already got a pretty good following on instagram i think he's at like 25,000 followers or something. He's only been doing it for a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Killing it. Good on him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He knows knows what he's doing with the algorithm. We might... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Back to your point. Sorry, I I strayed off a little there. I don't think you'd need it, man. Not yet Mm. anyway. Not yet. I I honestly don't think you'd need one because there's not really anything that I can think of unless you just want to use it for um, 
if you get a small air compressor, like I've got a small Azito air compressor that I still have hanging around that I use for small things here and there that I just mm. use literally for an air gun, just to yeah. blow things down. If it's like after I've finished sanding and I want to apply my finish, I'll, I'll just blow everything down sort of thing. Well, that's yeah. that's what I imagined that I would use something like that for. And that's, that's to be honest, I haven't really thought of too many other things that I would, uh, that I would use it for. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but that would be handy to have that because it's it's a you know I like to have things perfect before I obviously finish them because that makes all the difference. So, oh yeah, yeah definitely. Mm, but um yeah, so the other thing I was going to bring up with you, I I noticed that uh, there was a drop from Living Timberco, and that was Living Timberco Trade. What can yeah, you tell me about that? <laughs> I've had that one in the uh, works for the last couple of months, and then I finally. Um, Finally thought, oh, I'll just uh, put it out there. I think we're ready. So, yeah, that's been another side gig, uh, like a, another sort of sister company, I suppose, that's just for any of the woodworkers out there that are interested. So it'll be, I'm not so much going to be getting into the machinery and tools, but I think we touched on it a little bit in the last podcast, and it's just going to be pretty much um, all the stuff that you need to do your woodworking, adhesives, sanding, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, we've got a few things in the shop at the moment and I've got a few things that are sort of still under wraps that will be coming out soon. Um, and, yeah, a whole bunch of fun stuff there. So that's been exciting and, yeah, already seems to be going well. Um, I had the threaded inserts. They went out of sale in, like, two days, I think. Oh, did they? Bastards. Yeah, I wanted some yeah, of those. I, well, I got another, <laughs> another 5,000 in and then they went out within the day um, so now I've ordered another 10,000, so let's hope that they stay in stock for a little bit for some people. But... Yeah, well, that's yeah. very handy, yeah, because I, I think um, this threaded inserts and things like that, I've been buying them on eBay, so, uh, and yeah, nothing wrong yeah. with eBay purchases, there's some really good buyers out there, but, um, oh, sorry, sellers out yeah, there, yeah. but, um, yeah, it'd be much handier if I can just come to you and grab them, that's for sure. That's it, yeah, yeah, so that, I'll have them again, I think, they, I think the next lot are coming mid this week or, or something like that but yeah so they're, they're being a massive seller but the quality of those is insane I, i've been using i've used oh i don't know dozens and dozens of threaded inserts and never been happy with them and then i've been using these ones for the last probably six or eight months man not an issue at all no, they don't snap they don't crack the little um the thread on them doesn't snap or crack it's it's mm. fantastic I can literally use my um, my rattle gun and, and smash them down into the timber with it, and they still don't crack. Jeez, that's They're good awesome. to know because that's a disaster yeah. when something happens with those. So, mm. oh, man. and once you crack that sort of where the Allen key is, once you crack that, it, like good luck getting it back out. They're a nightmare <laughs> getting it back out. <laughs> yeah, the MacGyver skills come in yeah. when that crap happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So okay, how's the shop going? Oh yes, yeah, still plodding along with the shop. So we um, that's good. Like there's been some, there's been some momentum. We got the garage, garage doors finally on now. Um, yep. And what else have I done? I've insulated the walls with some acoustic bats. So I actually had a few questions about the acoustic acoustic bats that come through and um, just the acoustics in general of 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 that garage, which I suppose would be. Um, quite interesting to some people trying to you know keep the neighbors happy and just keep a if they wanted to go out there and work at night if that's possible blah 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 so um i'll talk about that a little bit later um 
And what else have I been doing? Um, so, oh, that was one thing I was going to put out there. Um, if anyone has has been in this situation before, but um, so I'm starting to think of ventilation in the shop. So I've basically I've I've put all my acoustic bats in. I've put my insulation in everywhere. However, this yep. this build that I've done was a it was obviously a carport originally, and then I'm converting it to a workshop. So um, the roof component of of this space um, is made um, oh, what is it polycarbonate roof sheets at the top. Oh, so yep. it being a carport, there was never any of that insulation sheets that you normally run underneath it if it is a if it was to be a garage. Um, yeah, as I said, because it was a carport, there was no insulation put there. So now I'm thinking, even though in the ceiling I'll have these um, insulation bats in, because there's no yeah. insulation um, sheets up in the actual roof, um, am yeah. I going to have some moisture issues down the line, like, you know, in, in winter and things like that? And I, I think I probably will. So I was going to say, you, you will. So, for instance, I've got there's two... In, in the factory here, I've got two strips that are like clear strips of mm. um, roof paneling. Yep. If I have anything in the way of that, in winter, condensation drips all on like the whole way through. So wow. I'll, I'll come in some mornings and it'll look like someone just splashed a bucket of water down the showroom and all oh, over wow. the tables. Yeah. And then if I've just sanded the night before and left like tabletops in the way where that strip is on the work, like on the workshop side... Mm. Then um, the drips go straight on top of the friggin' tabletops, and then I got to re-sand them back again, which is oh. that's happened to me more more than more than once. So um, still haven't learnt my lesson, but there's not enough space in here. So, mm. so have <laughs> yeah. you like have you just gotten used to that type of situation where those roof panels are, and you just know not to kind of do that now, or is it? Oh, well, I should know, yeah, but I still don't. I haven't learnt my <laughs> lesson, so. And there's not much I can do with that because that, it gives so much natural light that I don't want to cover them up. In your situation, mm. I don't think it matters because yours aren't clear, are they? They're just No, normal. like it, you wouldn't yeah. see like because you've got the ceiling there and then you've got the roof yeah. pitch sort of thing. So there'll be insulation in the ceiling but just not the pitched yeah. roof, um, yeah. which I'm just worried will get there'll be a lot of moisture and condensation coming up there and I just don't want to see some big mouldy ceiling above me when I'm working mouldy. away. Yeah, next thing it's covered in black mould or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, yeah. was going to put, so I'm going to install a whirly bird um, up there just well, to get, you know. Mention, I was going to mention, this is a little bit different. When you said ventilation, I had filtration in mind. That's why I was typing on my phone. Uh-huh. I don't know whether you've seen the two-stage air filtration units. that You can get it from Heron Forbes. That's where I was looking at them. It is a, mm. a box that's about, say, 60 centimetres by 60 centimetres by about mm. 30 centimetres tall. And you just hang them. Yours would be good because your ceiling height would be a little bit more than average ceiling height. So you can hang it there and that filters all the, the small particulates out of the air. Um, yes. Yeah. When I was first thinking of ventilation, when you said it, I kind of went to that end. But yeah, then you started on the condensation side. It's like, ah. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I actually do need to get one of those. I Yes, 100% am hearing what you're saying there and I definitely do want to get one of those. Um, but yeah, it was more so, I was more thinking about the moisture. I, I think only just because we've come out of all this cold weather and rain and blah, 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 it's kind of heightened my experience yeah. with, with moisture in certain places. But um, so yeah. I'm just trying to pre-think 
is that going to be an issue? But I think I'll chuck a whirly bird up there. I'm, I'll probably be right over summer, and then yeah. more than likely I'm going to leave this situation until it becomes a situation, and then I'll <laughs> probably until get across it. But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if anyone listening has any advice in that space, please hit us up and let me know. I'm all ears. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I just that that um, what is that that foil insulation? Like I've got it on my tin section of the roof up here. And all that is is just like thin, like like eight mil insulation. That's like this squishy stuff, um, and they've just got it um, underneath the, uh, the the tin roof, sort of thing. And yes, it drops all the moisture from the tin. Yeah. Well, that's the st- that's the stuff that I was, you know, you you would normally have there, but because it was a carport, yeah. they didn't care about all that stuff because it was yeah. obviously open underneath. So, but that's the stuff you would normally have there. But because it's already, all the sheets are already installed, I'm wondering, can you even do that? I don't even know. But you may, maybe you yeah, can just actually, I don't know. install it. I don't know. But um, that's something I need to look at. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, that's but um, yeah. So anyway, guys, solve out, solve me problems for me, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but um, back back to back to what else has been going on. I've um, I've also been close, like I know I think I brought brought this up maybe the last episode or the one before that I've been pondering some website platforms. So um, Ooh. I've gotten a bit clearer on what I want to do with that. I think I'm going to go with Shopify. Um, so. It was it was kind of Shopify versus Square Squarespace. I haven't locked in 100% yet, so if anyone wants to convince me otherwise, go ahead. But um, I think yeah. it's going to be Shopify, um, and I've been drawing some inspiration. I know that these websites that uh, out of yours and another bloke called, his name's Mark Tucky. He's an Australian furniture maker. Oh, yeah. um, I, Tucky, yeah. I can't remember if he's in Adelaide or he, I think he's, he's got a couple of spots that he works out of. I think he's got one up. Uh, northern New South Wales slash Queensland and then maybe one Adelaide or Melbourne. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But his work is awesome and his webpage. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so at some stage. Some sort of little opening thing that he had. I don't know whether yeah. it was for a long time or whether it was just for a month or so. Right, right, right. But, oh, mate, his, his website, another one, it's just, it's to the point, it's simple, it's clear and I really liked it. Mm. So... I'm going to be looking at yours closely and his. Um, obviously, Shopify is a different platform, so it's going to you know only allow me to do certain things. But um, I like how to the point your guys are. It's very uh, looks very simple, but you've got a lot a lot of stuff there, and it looks high quality. So that's what I'm all yeah. about. So, so I've used both Shopify and I've used Squarespace before. Um, yes. So yeah, so Squarespace I found better than Shopify. Personally, mm. only because it seemed to given it gave me more um, like leeway with what I wanted to do with the website with Squarespace. Shopify right. was very was very um, uh, like e-commerce driven, and there wasn't really much else I could do in the space of like customizing it to the extent that I wanted to. I suppose right. I'm with WooCommerce at the moment. That's who I, my platform's based off. Um, but, and I ended up going from Squarespace to Wix just because it was sort of a little bit cheaper and I was a bit tired at the time. So, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, Wix, yeah. I think Wix is a bit cheaper, isn't it? I looked at that. But, um, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. I don't, I oh, don't well. use Wix for a long time now, so I don't know if it's any, any different. But, yeah, Squarespace, mm. I've, I've heard a lot of good things as of recent from it. So, 
Okay. You know, whether or not that sways you in a different direction, but well, you you have swayed it a bit more in a direction towards Squarespace again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, it's still it's not concrete which one I'm going to go with. But I kind of yeah, I think it's leaning towards Shopify at the moment, uh, especially with the affiliations with the um, social media pages. By the looks of it, it looks like Shopify just like I, I'm Squarespace matches up as well, but Shopify sinks in really well apparently with your platforms like Instagram and things like that. So um, yeah. I'm yeah. all about that experience being um, as easy as possible. So, cause I, a, a big driver of mine is going to be through Instagram. So um, yeah, that, that's just something that I need to think about. So, but hopefully by yeah. the next time we talk, I would have selected one and yes, we'll see that's how it. we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think, um, all right, let's, let's get on to today's topic because I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, that topic again is, can you make good money making furniture? Because some people think yes. you can't. So, um, Dean, did you want to have a chat about this one? <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, personally, I think, yes, well, it's, it's working for me. So, <laughs> I, you, like, you definitely have to be smart about it. Um, there's, there's so many ways to go about it. Um, like, uh, yeah, I don't want to ruffle any feathers or anything, but it, 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 it does obviously come down to, um, the person themselves as well. Like you, you, you've got to, you've got to know how to run a business correctly. You can't just sort of have a wood shop and just hope that your furniture that you're building is going to sell to people. Um, they're, um, yeah, there's many factors there. I, I personally think, yes, you can make money if it's done correctly. So a lot of people don't value their time correctly as well. That's the other thing. They will go, oh, well, I'm basing this off an hourly rate and this is how many hours I've put into the job and blah, blah, blah. Really, I, I don't think you should work it off an hourly rate. Um, if, if you know what you're worth, if you're a skilled craftsman and you, you, you're really good at what you're doing and, you, and, you show, and you're showing quality pieces... Um, then you, like, I don't know if you're going to go off of an hourly rate, you might as well just work for somebody. That's, that's my opinion. Mm. Um, I, I work off of, um, obviously material costs and all my overheads, but then also what I think my value is. So, um, we, like I obviously do a lot of higher end furniture. So, um, just because I, I, I don't know, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I do quality work. So I, I like to sort of price things accordingly i think it's fair enough to say you do quality work mate i'm happy with that (laughs) thank you i'll let it slide (laughs) 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 but yeah like i i I don't turn around and go oh i've put 12 hours into this job at at 80 bucks an hour or whatever it may be it's it doesn't sort of work like that i've got hourly rates on machinery that i use which is more for like if someone comes in and wants me to flatten a slab for them then yeah we Mm. work off an hourly rate for that or or whatnot, but it's it's a little bit different in a sense of it's it, it's literally working as labour only because they're supplying the timber. As long as the cost of my machine is covered, then it's fine, sort of thing. Um, and then there's a whole other side of it. It's not just building furniture. If 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 you're not um, well versed in in running a business, then yeah, obviously you're not going to be able to make money. So you, you need to be able to, this comes back into the whole working in and working on the business sort of side mm. of things too. But 
if you if you're not working on the business as much as you're working in the business then obviously your business isn't going to go anywhere because all you're doing is building furniture and you're not actually being able to promote it places and whatnot um a, a few people will just build mass amounts of furniture and then hope that they sell if they put them on marketplace or something but that's it's probably the worst thing to do unless you're starting out from the very beginning yeah mm. but um if you've been in it for a few years you don't want to be having furniture just sit there and cost you money um by not selling so i personally like to take custom work on just purely because it's a job it's already it's already come in so the person's already paid you the deposit you build the piece it goes out sort of thing that's that's how i like to work it um mm. the only pieces that i have are the pieces in the showroom that i've built but they're more of an investment they're not for sale they're for people to look at so it's not really one of those things unless we clear it out like i am at the moment and then we clearance things off and just sell them for whatever it is and start fresh again sort of thing um and then there's side gigs within the business as well like well i suppose for instance the living timber co trade that i started up that's another side gig that makes some money there um the timber sales side of things that makes money as well if, if you've got the space and you've got a good contact to get cheap timber then you might as well on sell it um and make a cut off it and then you're buying in what you need and as well, and a little bit extra and then it sells to other people sort of things so mm. yeah mm. There's, there's a whole bunch of topics within this topic that I suppose yeah there really, really is you could you could really break it down uh, I, I, I suppose yeah. a question i have for you is um, when would you say that you started making good money from making furniture? How long in your process did it take you to kind of get to a point where you're like, all right, no, I'm pretty happy with what I'm making now. Was it, you know, within two months or did it take you some time to get to know, um, some things about business, like you mentioned before and what you need to work on, on the business versus in the business, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. At what point do you think you, you started to make good money in your journey? Um, to be honest, before I started to think that I made comfortable money, it took four years. It took four years to get to that point where I was like, I'm comfortable with what I'm making. Mm. Um, to make a profit, it took the, the, like the very first 12 months, um, that end of financial year, I lost nearly $40,000. So we were in the minuses, but that's because I was just pouring money back into the business. Mm. Um, by the second year, we were, we were profiting over a hundred thousand and then it's just grown from there. So um, but to get to a comfortable point where I've been able to pay myself and live comfortably and whatnot, it, it took four years to get to a point where I felt that it was profitable in a sense of, I don't need to be working for somebody. I can pay myself a proper wage and still be making good money within the business. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love I yeah. love that you've said four years only because I've got this like weird mantra that I say about everything. You got to do your degree yeah. before you do before you are successful or not. Not saying that you have yeah. to go out there and actually physically get a university degree because I think that's bogus. You don't actually need one of those things to <laughs> to be successful. But um, yeah. I just like that. I, 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 there's something about doing three to four years and working on something for three to four years and getting to know that industry or whatever it is that you're doing. And kind of yep. by that point, you'll probably know whether or not you're going to make this work or not. I think that's a good time to kind of make yep. that assessment. Um, but I think it's until that point that you really, yeah, you, you've, you've got to keep pushing until that point to really say you've given it a good crack at least. Oh, 100%. You need to put in 
10,000 hours before you can go, yep, um, this is actually working for me. Like it's, it's one of those, one of those things you can't be in it for six months and go, oh yeah, I'm making this much money and I'm doing really well, blah, blah, blah. But it, yeah, I, I personally don't think that that works. I've seen people do it before, but um, yeah, I don't know. The way that I see it is you, you've got to do the time before you can get to a point where you're like, right, this is, this is actually working for me. Um, mm. Yeah, there's the odd lucky person here or there that gets it done a lot quicker, but yeah, <laughs> is mm. what it is. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, so I, I suppose I've got a um, a little bit of a different approach to the, to this question. So um, I, as we all know, I've, I'm pretty new into this world of woodworking, and I actually still have another job. So this is still something that I'm doing on the side. Um, quite seriously on the side, but it's something that I am doing on the side. So I've got a family to think about and I can't just throw myself in. I'm, I am a risk taker, but not. I, I'm also very calculated in what I do. So I like to make certainties before I do certain things and the family side of things, I can't, I can't mess with that. So I need to build the blocks before I fully dive in, but I, yeah, that'll happen eventually. Um, so I suppose, yeah, it was the first year for me, the first financial year, I, um, I, de- I didn't even break even because I was, as you did, I reinvested everything into the business. So um, I tried to, everything that I made, I reinvested and then I tried to keep it as that. I'm trying to make this thing um, a self-funded project where I'm not actually getting into debt. Um, so I wanted to, yeah, so if I'd made a couple of benches, I'd go out and buy my table saw, which is what I did. And I'll keep acquiring machines and things like that until um, I've got what I think that you need, even though that never ends. So um, that's kind of how my first year went, is just in um, machine and tool acquisition and learning. So I've already kind of started putting things into place, like you know, all your bookkeeping, all that type of stuff, even though I can kind of keep on top of it just within notes on my phone. Um, so, but I just want to start getting those processes right. So I don't have to think about that all of a sudden. It's just comes as second nature when I'm, I am doing this full time or whatever the case may be where I've got lots to think about constantly. So, um, doing it sooner rather than later sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, so that, that, that's kind of how my first financial year, year went anyway. So definitely at a loss at the moment, but, um, (laughs) with future gains. So, but what I wanted to kind of speak about was, you know, I think you touched obviously on the manufacturing component and that's basically what the question is. Can you make money making furniture? So, but around that, there's so many things you can do that pair up with what we do. So, there's so many different, like, you know, obviously there's a big online world now. Everyone's aware of it. We're all listening to this podcast. So um, mm. you've got all those things there. So as a woodworker, like, it's very interesting what we do. There's such a big community that wants to watch what we do particularly. So there's so many different things that you can do to get a little bit of extra cash if you're willing to put in a little bit of time and essentially diversify what what we're doing. So obviously, like even things like what we're doing, we obviously created a podcast. We love what we're doing. And um, maybe one day this could be something that, that you know, is profitable in some way. But um, that, I'm not really thinking about it along those lines, but it's just another one of those things. So you've got YouTube. Yeah. That's a big one. That's a space that we both want to get into. It's, a, it's another way that you can make some money if you put some time in there. Um, and essentially all that means is you just need to record what you, what you're making anyway. So the content's already there. Um, and then you've got, you know, obviously you've got things like Instagram that's in, in America. I think they've started, um, 
you can actually subscribe to certain Instagram um, pages and people and you can pay them a monthly fee or whatever, however it works. That's another revenue, <laughs> another revenue yeah. stream. So, um, and then you've got Facebook, they do the same thing. TikTok, they do the same thing. They can all be monetized. Um, so these are all things that need to be thought about when you're structuring your business. So, and I'm definitely thinking about all of those things because you know, if if there comes a time where you um, where times are tough, you know, at, at the moment in the world, it's a bit financially, it's a bit of a strange time um, with the, the yeah, like we, you know, with the economy and um, what's going on overseas and blah blah blah. Like it's, you know, it's a bit of an uncertain time. But and so if if the manufacturing component was to slightly drop off for some reason, not saying it sounds like yours isn't at all. So well done, but um. <laughs> If it, if it was to ever, then you don't just solely have this manufacturing component if you're thinking about these other ways that you can get a little bit of cash flow coming into your business. So um, I you suppose... put all your eggs in one basket sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I'm very big on diversifying whatever, whatever it is you do. So um, yeah, there's multiple ways you can kind of look at different in- income streams for, for woodworking and making furniture. So, um, yeah, just another thing to kind of keep, keep your focus on guys. If that is something that you want to, um, want to get to eventually is running your own woodworking business or whatever, there's multiple ways in which you can attack getting money coming through the, through the door. So, um, and to anyway. touch on that, just a, just a little bit as well was, um, I was thinking as well, like the, like one big saying that I've always sort of said to people that are getting into business or that come up to me and go, Oh, I don't have enough time to do all this stuff that you do and blah, blah. Man, there's 24 hours in a day and you only need six hours sleep. So what are you doing for the rest of the time? Like, if, if you're not uh, utilizing your time correctly, then you, you're not going to make it in, in mm. any business in a sense. So I I don't know. I, I personally, I'm not a big, I'm not a big, let's sit down and watch Netflix for eight hours and, and binge all these things and whatnot. I like to utilize my time and make sure that I'm setting myself up for the future. So it, mm. if if people out there that are wanting to do this as a business successfully, you need to use your time correctly. And you, you, you really, you really do need to almost schedule yourself and, and go, right, well, I'm waking up at this time and this is what I'm going to start on doing. And then need to get this done throughout the day. And then I need to touch on this, 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 and this. Um, and then, yeah, you need downtime. I still do have downtime. I'll have, I'll watch a movie with the missus or something of an afternoon every now and then. But, um, if, she's doing her own thing i'm nine times out of ten working on the business still at home so (laughs) (laughs) it's not for everybody either like it it, it's draining for a lot of people but man if i didn't have to sleep i'd be in here building this company (laughs) 24 hours a day (laughs) oh that's funny man yeah no i i totally agree and like i mean most people that well, I suppose yeah. If you don't enjoy woodworking, you're gonna get found out. I think because it's one of those fields that you just you got to put the time in. And if you don't love what you do, then yeah, you, you're gonna get oh, found you have out. To, so. You have to love what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. If, if you're running a business and or you're an entrepreneur, or whatever, you've got to love what you're doing. Like, I love woodworking, but business is my passion. Like running companies is is my my passion. So that's mm. that helps me with my woodworking because I enjoy business. So woodworking yes. is more like just a little side thing that makes me money while I'm building businesses, <laughs> and I'm having fun doing it. So oh, I yeah. love it, mate! I love watching you build these companies. It's fun. Um, 
All right. Well, that's enough of that topic for now. I, I, we could really branch yeah. out. And if you do have any questions, guys, oh, just... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just reach out. Um, we're very happy to talk about that side of things. This is a woodworking page, but it is definitely also a business-related page. So we both love the aspect of business. And uh, as you as you can just hear from Dean, but um, yes, I find it... I, I love it. I almost treat it like a game. It's just fun to me. So... Um, gives me a thrill. It's, it's, it's great, but, um, we'd love to hear some questions around the business side of things. Um, but yes, all right, let's kick on to the next topic. So, uh, who are you watching this week or who have you been watching this week? Oh, I've been actually, uh, keeping an eye on Wesley Treat. He, um, is a, another maker. He's on Instagram, um, and YouTube and all the social medias, um, he hangs out with Jimmy Dresser a lot, and he's recently been making this cool sign. Um, and it's he made it all from scratch, but it looks like like it's all from um, that neon neon letters and all sorts of stuff. And it looks like an old Vegas sign that's been sitting up for, in the bloody sun for fifty years. Like, but it's all made from scratch, brand new. It's awesome. Like the way he's painted it, it looks like there's like this rusty sort of sections on it, and there's like paint flaking off and it's mm. just been interesting watching him build that that's he's been doing that for the last like three or four weeks in jimmy's workshop he's he's i think based in texas and then he moved all the way over to jimmy's workshop for the month and was building that with jimmy and um that's been an interesting watch in my opinion it's not yeah. since, like it's not really woodworking related but it's still in that maker space sort of thing so um that and I'm excited about Paul Jackman's bloody um, little caravan teardrop shape thing that he's been working on. He started that. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like that flat pack um, thing from. Oh, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but I think it's like CLC something or other, and they do like these teardrop shaped caravans. So um, Paul got this flat pack version of it that he gets to make, which looks incredibly fun. Like the instruction menu on it is like like 50 mil thick like it's oh huge. lord oh <laughs> yeah. wow yeah but so actually my um I've been watching hey they're the two people i've been watching i've, I've been loving that yeah yeah right no about caravans my um uh partner's been saying she wants to get a caravan and she'd love to kind of oh, deck it all out and do the big reno on it i i feel like that's almost something you just have to do as a woodworker it's just part of the manual i've been wanting to do that for ages man like i, I i'd love to buy like an old west bus or something and, and do that oh, up and then travel yes man oh one day that one would day. be awesome <laughs> yes well i mean buying a west bus and doing that <laughs> well your wesley treat suggestion it, well was it a hundred percent woodworking but mine's not woodworking whatsoever i've been terrible um since we last spoke i haven't watched really any videos i've been so freaking busy but um yeah. we i have been watching one show which is not woodworking at all and that's been manifest <laughs> on netflix oh yeah yes I've, I've watched the first two seasons of that um, have you yeah two, yeah whatever that yeah well, like, it took me ages to get there but i saw that the new season has come out last week or something is it yes. is it good like i can't remember oh, much about it to be honest i'm i'm hooked like i i don't know i i, I find for some reason like i find all plain 
related movies and TV shows. I just find them so interesting for some reason. Um, but this particularly, yeah, no, myself and my partner are hooked on this one. So we started um, season four uh, a couple of nights ago and we're smashing through that one already. So that'll be done shortly. But um, yes, highly recommend. Good watch. <laughs> oh, might have to get on it when I've got some time and, and mm. <laughs> maybe try and plot along and get through it. <laughs> no, nah, she was a good one. So, um, but we've got a lot of questions to actually get through. I don't know if we're going to get through all of them, but we'll have um, as much of a crack as we can. So, um, we had first question from J.K. Woodworks. Uh, he asked, "Can you elaborate on the noise cancelling Jiprock and where you source it from?" Right. So, I think that was related to what I was talking about in the last episode. So, I I think that was the I had the acoustic um, insulation go in, um, and then so over the top of that, we're going to be putting in acoustic Jiprock. So um, essentially, what it is is a product. So what I bought was a product called Soundcheck, um, and that's by the company Jiprock in Australia. But they'd be wherever you are in the world, they'd have these these versions of of Jiprock everywhere or whatever you call them. Um, and so yeah, this I got it through Jiprock. Um, you can just go to their website, mate, and um, they you can get them everywhere. So there's many places within that website that you can find them. Um, but basically what the idea behind Acoustic Jiprock is, they they make them a bit thicker. Um, so these particular sheets are 13 mil instead of 10 mil. Um, so the thicker you make something um, and the denser you make something, the less sound that can penetrate it essentially. So um, they do use some sort of material within the the sheet i'm not sure exactly what it is but it's a it's a heavier compound and yeah it is a lot denser so than the standard one so i've had them delivered already and they are heavy as these these sheets um i think what have i got three meters by 1200 and normally like a normal sheet of jiprock i picked it up before and you can just kind of maneuver around yourself quite easily the standard 10 millers but these 13 mil ones are freaking heavy. So you need someone to help you out and you can see as to why they would they would help with sound. So I hope that yeah. I hope that answers your question there, mate. Nice. <laughs> yes. There was um, one question there that I saw from um, Liam at Goatworks. Um, ah, yes. In case you haven't got that noted, yeah, I thought I'd quickly um, touch on that. Um, his was, what was it? Bow ties. Are they necessary? Yes, bow ties. Um, That's right. Yeah, I, I I'd say in some application, yes. I've had I've had uh, big slabs where I put bow ties underneath the table on big cracks. Um, it depends on the species, I think. Um, there's there's a lot of species there that <clears throat> that still do have a bit of movement. So to have a bow tie in underneath the table, or if you want to make a nice fancy one on top of it, yeah, chuck it in there. Um, there's there's no harm in it. It's gonna it's gonna still do something. Um, I don't think that it's necessary for every single piece that you do. Um, I don't put them in every single piece. I'll put them in ones that I sort of know will move just based off of um, the species that I've worked on in the past or if it's a species that I haven't worked on, 100% of the time I'll chuck it in because I have no idea what it's going to do and if that crack <laughs> will open up any further. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. 
for that question. So right. bow ties. So what was it? his question was, are bow ties necessary? I was just double checking when we got it exactly uh-huh. right. Um, yeah. yeah, right. Well, because it's funny. It's one of those things, hey, that you see bow ties, especially on in the YouTube world. It's like if you don't use bow ties oh, to obsessive. cover up some of those cracks, it's like you can't do that. You have to use bow ties. Um, like, why don't you have a bow tie? <laughs> yeah, like, but like, like a, you yeah. get away with it. <laughs> like obviously that type of shape like it makes it very hard for wood to move um i think that's one of the yeah. best shaped insets you can put somewhere and structurally it is it is very good it's almost like a triangle with structural wise but um mm. yeah interesting it's like one of those things that you have to use but yeah to be very honest i don't know um the technicalities behind if you fill it with something else versus a bow tie um i couldn't really answer that question I but I've... I filled them with a as long as you use a good quality resin. I filled them with decent quality resins before, and and with cracks. And some of those jobs have been out for yeah five plus years. So and okay, no movement in them. You've had you've times. had no issues with that. No customer comebacks with your your resin uh, infills I've, with I've that. Had, I've had um, one comeback recently um, that was a red gum uh, top, which. For those of you that haven't worked with red gum, it, it cracks up and turns to shit. Like, it's a nice mm. species of timber, but it cracks up a lot. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll see how it go. It's not a massive crack. I'll just fill it up with resin. And, yeah, no, nah, it, it, it moved within the first month. So oh, wow. I came back. Yeah, that came back, re- redid it, and I, I put a small bow tie in the bottom of that and haven't heard back from it, so I'm going to assume that it's all good now. <laughs> Interesting. So they are necessary. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I suppose yeah. we'll find out. I suppose we'll find out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, there you go. There you go. All right, well, um, what else What else have we got? We've got, um, hang on, I've got a whole list here. So actually, we had we had one question that, um, I think I was, I was talking to you before the show. We we're going to talk. We we're going to make this one into a topic because um, it is a ripper of a question. So this one was from Prestos Woodworks. He asked, "How do you go about product delivery? How do you price it? What services do you offer? And anything else related to the delivery?" So I think yeah, there would be a lot of questions around this, and um, obviously people have different ways in which they go about them. I know me and you will have what delivery is for our pieces. Um, I'm not. I don't sell interstate really at the moment, so um, our delivery methods are going to be a whole lot different. But I think we save that for a topic because there's quite a bit to divulge there. So yeah, that'll take me a bit to answer something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we will get to you, Prestos Woodworks, but um, that will be a topic. So um, yeah, we'll bring that one up soon. Uh, who else have we got? So actually, he's put through another question as well. So I'm sure we can answer this one. So should someone Starting out in furniture, make items for sale or try to get commissioned work? So that's kind of what I touched on just before when we are talking about how we can make money in it. I personally think that you try to get commissioned work. That's where the money is in my opinion. If you're just making furniture and trying to sell it nine times out of ten, six months later you're going to put 30% off and try and get rid of it because it's been sitting in your shop for too long. Mm. So I, I personally think go commissioned work don't waste your time and your money on materials and um, build stuff that's probably going to collect dust. But only because I've found in this industry, there's no such thing as a stock standard. People want what they want and it's got to be the size that they want and the design that they want. That there's, I don't know. That's just my opinion. That's how I've found. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, like I've, I've got a, a slot. I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of, I think, um, particularly once you're an established business, that that 100% hits the mark, I, I, I feel. But um, I think um, if he's to look at it in the way of, if it, literally you haven't made anything before, I don't know his situation. Yes. I'm pretty sure he has made things before. I think I jumped on his Instagram and checked out some of his work and he's, he's clearly made some stuff before. But um, if you were purely just starting out in furniture and had no idea about anything, um, I can only really That's go off my own experience. Um, and I literally just posted a couple of things on Facebook Marketplace, um, just a couple of bench seats or whatever, and they went bananas, firstly because they were underpriced as like crazy. But um, yeah, but that, that was a good motivation builder for me to kind of get into the woodworking side of things. And then, yeah, very quickly, you, as, as you say, Dean, like you, you see that the money's in the commission work and um, people want different dimensions for everything. They want it to fit their space. And that's the difference between us and, you know, the big furniture shops like Freedom or like, you know, just all, all that type of stuff that they have their set sizes. Um, you can't get any different really, um, but we can make custom work, whatever you like to, to fit your space. So that is certainly where the money is. But if you're just starting out, maybe a bit of both. You could do some commission work with family and friends um, just to kind of get used to building and um, trying to get what people want exactly um, to the right dimensions and then also see you know if you've got a bit of an interest in a certain style put them on marketplace and see if anyone likes it and um go from there but um one thing that i was doing mm. for the first say six months or so of when i first started out is if if i got a commission piece come through i'd build two of them so that then i had a second one sitting there and then i'd try to on sell that um and that that worked for some pieces but yeah that that could be another option for for some people too is if you're building mm. one just might as well build another one at the same time it's all the same process um, I like that actually. That's maybe, that's quite yeah, smart. It, mm. it it worked for a little bit, and then it got to a point where I was just stacking up pieces left, right, and center, and then I struggled getting rid of them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that answers reason. your question, mate. But um, I think we've given you a bit there. But uh, yeah. we'll rock on. We'll, we might wrap up with this question actually. We're um, yeah. just looking yeah. at the time, but uh, so this will be our last one from Damo Lockie on Instagram. He's asked. Favorite species to work with, uh, most commonly asked for, and you're most hated to work with. So it's a three question in one, Dean. So yeah, we might just break down the, the favorite species to work with first. So favorite species I like to work with is spotted gun. Oh. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> mm. um, most asked for species for me is black butt. Pretty much everyone wants black butt. Yeah. And then most hated species is silky oak because it makes me itchy. I don't know why, but my skin, I get all these little red blotches all over my arms when I'm sanding and yeah, silky oak really irritates me. So that's my most hated species. Silky oak. Oh, I've never yeah. worked with that. I want, oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. I've got a few slabs in here um, of it and it, it sells pretty good. Um, actually, Josh Taylor Woodworking just bought two of them from me so ah. two small ones but i've got some three three point eight meter long ones in there somewhere so yeah mm, okay well for me um that's that's funny that you say your most um commonly asked for is black butt because that's my favorite to work with <laughs> i like i haven't i haven't worked with a huge range of species but i'm starting to i'm starting to work with more and more now but 
Um, I just I can't go away from it. I love the look of black butt. I do like working with it. It like it, it is a dense hardwood, so it does um yep. hit your tools nicely. But like I just I'm just in love with that species of wood. So um, definitely that one for me. The most commonly asked for for me is actually the Victorian ash. I make so many pieces out of Victorian ash um, with so the work that I do. And yeah, like I think it's because it's that lighter wood. It's it's very I don't know. I think my page suggests like a bit of a coastal vibe and and that type of thing. Yeah. And that is you know your, your lighter woods and things of that nature. So I think that's why um, that's a that's a favorite of some people's. But um, I, I love working with Victorian ash as well because it's so easy on the tools. <laughs> it's great. It's so good with your blades and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. glides through. No, yeah. it's beautiful. But um, and then so like most hated, I don't really have anything that I hate working with. Like maybe <laughs> apart from treated pine or something. But um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, that's just building your building whatever your foundations and things. That's not building furniture. So, um, but if I had to say, um, I probably so far, um, iron bark. I've used that a few times, and um, I I still like it. Like I don't, I, I certainly don't hate it, and I would definitely use it again. But it's just super hard on my i found that was really hard on the tools iron bark it's it, just so it hardy um yeah. and that's really the only yeah that, that's the only negative to it i suppose but i, I still like it so i, I probably have it, answered that wrong i don't species. hate it yeah I'd, I'd probably to be honest i'd probably put iron bark in my in, in my hated list as well oh <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, is it for that reason or yeah yeah it just it kills my blades every single yeah. time i'm running a slab i've like I'll run a iron bark slab over the wood whiz and I'm changing blades twice on one slab. Oh, really? I can get three or four slabs out of a set of blades. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It kills my blades. It just like instantly blunts them, man. Like you do a few passes and then next thing it's burning and you're like, oh shit. And then you got all those burn lines and they're a pain in the ass to get out. So mm. change the blades just to skim it that one last time and get rid of burn marks. And mm. yeah, that, I hate iron bark. <laughs> interesting okay well we did we had another we had a stack of other questions actually come through this week so um, anything we didn't answer tonight we'll um, try and answer in the next episode uh, but keep mm. keep your questions coming through guys we love hearing hearing them and, and talking about it so um, I think that will do us for this episode so we're, we're pushing a little bit for time tonight but um, yeah so any any final thoughts from you Dean um, I don't know um, um, I don't know no, I don't think so. I think I'm good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy because not that not that anyone really notices because this platform of podcasts kind of fixes lag afterwards. But for those that don't know, me and Dino have been having some issues with lag during these these recordings, um, pretty much all of the episodes so far. But this episode so far, perfect. No lag. Steve, it was marvelous. Yeah. So no issues. It's been yes. great. I'll, I'll definitely agree with you on that. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Anyway, yeah. But on that note, I hope everyone has a good couple of weeks, and we will see you in the next episode. Easy done. See you guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.